When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that AutoTrader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with AutoTrader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on AutoTrader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. AutoTrader. Hello and welcome back to the Band Biographies podcast. I'm your host Tom Austin Morgan and I'm here to let you know what's been going on since the last episode went out and what you can expect from the next one out next week. Firstly, I'd like to once again thank Ryan Schaff for allowing me to post one of his episodes onto my feed. I hope you enjoyed something a little different with Ryan and I talking about an electronic music album from the 21st century and I really hope it made a few of you go and check out the Broken Record Player podcast and the numerous albums from multiple genres that Ryan has covered over the past year or two. If you have subscribed, do let him know that you found out about him through this podcast. Go and leave him a review on Apple Podcasts and while you're there, why not leave one on the Band Biographies page as well? I love hearing about what you think of the show, your occasional links to the bands and musicians I feature, and more than that, simply about you. So please do reach out and get in touch on social media, but most of all, please do leave a review. It really does help get the show noticed by more people when they're looking for music podcasts to listen to. As I said last time I spoke to you on one of these episodes, I had COVID at the beginning of the month, and it really affected me for a few weeks. I suffered from fatigue and my lungs were shot. I've only just been able to start exercising again this week. On top of that, the Sham 69 gig is actually happening in the week's time, and this is the first one of this year that hasn't been cancelled, and the first gig since November of last year, so I've been knocking the rust off those songs recently so that I'm match fit. And the final excuse has been the brutally hot weather we've had recently. It's been bloody awful here in the UK, and it hasn't exactly made me want to sit around and work on a hot laptop. It's made me want to lay around eating ice cream and drinking cold, mostly alcoholic drinks. Plus, and this is the biggest news of all, Band Biographies has joined the Pantheon podcast network of music-based podcasts. I'm really flattered and proud to have been asked to join this rather exclusive group of shows that cover everything from music-based films, history through music, album reviews, shows about specific artists, interview shows, all sorts. I've not managed to start listening to them all, but the ones I am a fan of already include Love That Album, whose host Morris was the one who suggested my show to the network heads, See Here and Rock and Roll Archaeology. But there are a whole load more that I'm raring to sink my teeth into, and I suggest you look them up at pantheonpods.com or search the hashtag Pantheon Podcasts on social media. You'll find a plethora of brilliant shows by doing that. 
Now in future there may be some changes to the Band Biographies episodes, but the quality will remain the same, and hopefully will increase. And now, it's time for the rest of the month's news. Firstly, and this is a long one, Jello Biafra has posted a rambling response to the remix of the Dead Kennedys iconic album Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables, which will be released on Cherry Red Records on the 30th of September. Three of the Dead Kennedys, East Bay Ray, Klaus Floride and D.H. Peligro, have previously announced that they are releasing the album, which has been remixed by Chris Lord Algae. The new version also includes a new essay, quotes from people influenced by the band, and new interior art. In a press release, the band stated that the new mix is a revolutionary, must-hear experience for everybody familiar with the original. On July 12th, Biafra, the original singer of Dead Kennedys, issued a statement on the release. In brief, he says he was not consulted on the remix, and that he's displeased with the band. He also offered up a list of his favourite previously released mixes or masterings of the album. Here's the statement in full. Strap yourselves in. People are asking, so I guess I have to say something. Listen before you buy. This was done almost totally behind my back, intentionally. It was not overseen by the band, as their press release claims. I was deliberately locked out. Not one person from the band or the labels reached out to me at all nor did Chris Lord Algae, who did the remix. I guess he didn't care or value anything I brought to the band at all. Without me, those songs wouldn't exist. In fact, it took several letters from a lawyer for their manager, Kevin Rayleigh, to cough up much detail of what they were up to. So is it really adding depth without losing any of its original energy? Not to my ears. Sure, some people may like this version a little better, depending on taste, but incredible new clarity, taking the music from 2D to 3D, I don't think so. What does that even mean anyway? I hate to say this, but to me it's, well, kind of boring. Sure, the sound is a little fuller, a little warmer, with a little more bottom end. But the top end presence and power so crucial to full-on in-your-face punk sounds rolled off and smoothed over, even muffly. And East Bay Ray, whose ego knows no bounds, actually turned his guitar down. They're lower and a little muddier than the real thing. It just sounds weak to me, I'm sorry. And why was Chris Lord Algae chosen in the first place? Sure, he's big time Hollywood, as big as it gets, but there's so many others with a better, more heartfelt grasp of what Dead Kennedys really is, who I think could have done a better job. Al Jorgensen and Geezer X both told me they'd love to do it. Who did Turbo Negro's Apocalypse Dudes? That would have been amazing. Matt Bales? Andy Wallace, anyone? Hell, I could have hooked up with one of my ace engineering partners, Matt Kelly, Kurt Schlegel, Toshi Kasei, or Geezer, and done a better job myself, for a fraction of the cost. They spent at least three times more money on Lord Algae than it cost to make the original album. Did it make it three times better than the original? Again, listen before you buy. Yes, Lord Algae has mixed or remixed Springsteen, Madonna, Celine Dion, The Stones, Linkin Park, Donny Osmond, The Jonas Brothers, even Rascal Flatts, a closet full of Grammy Awards and patents on some serious studio gear. Major label pop punk too, A Bad Religion, some Green Day, some Good Charlotte, 
some 41, and our favourite OG pioneer Avril Lavigne. But dead Kennedys? Why? Because Raleigh and Lord Algy brothers go all the way back to Cleveland? I admit I'd had thoughts about remixing Fresh Fruit 2 way back when. Catch it up to Frankenchrist and plastic surgery disasters. Then Tim Lint from Operation Ivy asked me what I thought of their now classic album he gave me hot off the presses. I said I thought it came out a little tinny. It sounds like Fresh Fruit. He looked me right in the eye and said we like Fresh Fruit. Thank you Tim Armstrong, lesson learned, don't mess with the magic, especially when it means that much to people. Hell, if you really want a true remix album, don't do a faithful near-carbon copy of the original, go all the way. Get Jorgensen or get Charlie Closer, or anyone from the Rob White Zombie remix albums. Or better yet, get a top interested hip-hop person, or even electronic people and really go to town. That's the true art of the remix to me. Slice, dice, add your own beats and make it into something fresh and different. In October 2019, Matty Ingham from Cherry Red along with East Bay Ray's Facebook page posted a remix Chemical Warfare along with a press release bragging that I thought it was terrible, as though that was some kind of clever genius promotion. Shit talk the heart and soul of the band, that'll spark more interest and sales for sure. If someone at Alternative Tentacles did something that petty and unprofessional I would fire them on the spot. Then a year ago, out of the blue, Cherry Red sent me a test pressing. No letter, no follow up. I listened. No, I don't think it's terrible, but I'm not sure I'd fork over 30 bills for it either. It's not like hearing your favourite album for the first time all over again, or anything like that. The cool part for me is that I then went through every damn re 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 issue of Fresh Fruit, Cherry Red again. And boy, some of them sound way better than I remembered. So full on, so powerful. I'm even more proud of it now than I think I've been in years. It really was like hearing it again for the very first time. It sounds like it was made yesterday. Thanks in no small part to the great Oliver de Sissio, our engineer at Mobius Music who made it all happen. And he'd never made a punk record before. Good job, my friend. Ray is now claiming he produced the whole thing himself, when it was actually the three of us credited to Oliver's wonderful and inspiring cat, Norm. He's also claiming he originally designed the DK logo, yeah, and Trump won the election. So if you really want to hear Fresh Fruit at its best, chances are you already have. For me, the best sounding Fresh Fruits are, number one, the UK remaster we made Cherry Red do when we arrived in London in 1980, from the purple dot back cover onwards, look for a porky prime cut scratched in the grooves, that's George Peckham, maybe the best mastering engineer I've ever heard. Number two, the remaster George Horn and I did at Fantasy in Barclay when AT finally got the US license back from Cherry Red. It really holds up well. I thought Porky blew him away. Nope. And number three, the short-lived Japanese LP on Trio way back in the 80s. I'm not sure Lord Algy and Ray's remix even cracks my top ten. Maybe. The Wikipedia bio describes the Lord Algies as known for moulding mixes for small speakers and FM radio. If that's your bag, this is the fresh fruit for you. But is it a revolutionary must-hear experience? You decide. Just listen before you buy, please. Whew. He's not a happy man, is he? Now, on to karma and more positive things. Paramore have announced their first US tour since 2018 through October and November. Dates are available on their website. 
Less Than Jake have released a standalone single called Fat Mike's On Drugs Again about the no effects singer and bassist. I imagine everyone's in on the joke, otherwise it's a bit harsh, like a ska punk diss track. It is funny though, give it a listen. Punk covers supergroup Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, also featuring Fat Mike, are going on tour in September and October across the US and Canada, with Surfbot and the Black Tones supporting. Thrash metal band Municipal Waste are going on tour in the US throughout August and the beginning of September, with a number of support bands, before popping over to Europe and the UK for the end of September and the beginning of November touring with Anthrax. Fat Records has announced plans to release No Use For A Name's Black Box. The vinyl-only set includes their entire career in one coloured vinyl box set. 14 records in all, including previously unreleased Hardcore 88 LP and the 7-inch of Gangway and Watt. The set will be rounded out with an 8-page oral history booklet. The whole set will cost $275 and is available to order now from Fat Records' website. And that's all the news. Bit of a slow month, I'd say. But I've been really into getting current with who's been releasing what, as well as watching loads of sets from bands at Glastonbury and Hellfest, the latter of which is an incredible metal and punk festival, with a who's who lineup and with a ton of full sets available to watch for free on YouTube. So here's a list of the releases that came out in the past month that I've really enjoyed. Firstly, Two Sixes Upside Down is the first single released by Boston's Dropkick Murphys from their upcoming album of Woody Guthrie covers called This Machine Still Kills Fascists, which will be released later this year. It's very different from the regular Dropkick's Celtic punk styling, and is instead a bit more of a western skiffleish number. It'll be interesting to see what the rest of that album sounds like. British rockers The Cult, best known for the song She Sells Sanctuary, have released the first song off an upcoming album called Under the Midnight Sun. The single is called Give Me Mercy, and it's pretty much classic cult, with Ian Asprey's brilliant vocals and Billy Duffy's incredible guitars ringing out over a solid rhythm section. Well worth a listen. Wild Eyes is a new single by Boston punk band The Nervous Eaters. The band was formed in the mid-70s, broke up in the early 80s, and has reformed a couple of times over the years. They're now signed to Stephen Van Sant's Wicked Cool Records and are about to release a new album, but you'll hear more about them later. Wild Eyes is a brilliant song though, much more Bruce Springsteen than the garage rock they originally sounded like. New Metal is Disturbed are continuing to make music in exactly the same way as they have for the last 30 years, and have just released a new song called Hey You, which sounds like it could have been off any of their previous seven albums. If you're a fan of Disturbed, you'll like it. If not, why would you bother? In the same vein, Geordie singer-songwriter Sam Fender has released a song called Alright, which is exactly what it is. I can't figure out if I love his music or just have it down as background music to talk over. Either way, this one is crafted in his actually quite unique style. Let me know what you think of Sam. It might help me make my mind up. Northern indie rockers The Lathams have released a new single called Sad Face Baby, and once again it's nowhere near as good as the first song I heard by them in 2020 called I See Your Ghost, but it's better than a lot of the other songs I've heard from them over the past 18 months or so. It just sounds a little bit landfill indie for me. 
The Interrupters have released a fourth song from the upcoming Into the Wild album, which hasn't exactly set my world on fire so far, though it is getting better with each release and each re-listen. This one, called As We Live, is different as it features Rancid's Tim Armstrong, surprise surprise, and Rhoda Dakar, who's previously sung with both The Body Snatchers and Special AKA. She appeared on the band's documentary that came out at the end of 2021, on which she praises them for continuing the music she pioneered in the 1970s. This is a laid-back, much more ska-based song, and adds a different texture to the songs released so far. Gypsy Punk's Gogol Bordello have released the second single from their upcoming album, Solidaritine, called Focus Coin. It's a typically ramshackle affair with all the backing vocals, crazy solos by multiple instruments, a frantic beat, and of course Eugene Hutz's unique Ukrainian-accented voice cutting through it all. I love this weird band. Slipknot has released the second single from their next album, The End So Far. It's called The Dying Song, Time To Sing, and lulls you into a full sense of security with its melodic opening vocals before all hell breaks loose for the verses. I've said it before and I'll say it again, it amazes me how popular Slipknot are, but it goes to show what a brilliant band they are, both on record and live. The video shows off some new masks as well, which is always interesting. Muse have released the fourth song off their upcoming album, Will of the People, and includes a heady mix of harmonious falsetto vocals, obviously, with heavy chugging metal guitars and drums, before going completely prog opera in the middle eight. At times it genuinely sounds a bit new metal or Rage Against the Machine light in places, but I really like it, and very much looking forward to the album releasing in full, to see what other surprises are on there. And finally, friend of the show Giz Butts band Janice Stark has released a new single from their album Face Your Biggest Fear, which is available to order now. The song is called Reassuring, and if you listen to the interview I did with Giz, you won't be surprised to know that it's chock full of riffs, catchy choruses, and incredible shredding solos. Now, on to this month's episode. And you may have guessed, by the way I made all those excuses earlier on in the episode, that I still haven't completed the next documentary episode. But the Pantheon Podcast Network has stepped up and offered me an interview in the shape of bassist Brad Hallen, currently of the Nervous Eaters, the Boston-based proto-punk band I mentioned in the new releases section. Brad has also played on recordings and live with acts as diverse as Ministry, Iggy Pop, Amy Mann and loads more in genres from garage punk to synth pop, blues and jazz. The only problem is, I haven't yet recorded the interview. That happens the day after I release this episode, so I really hope that on the 1st of August I can present you with this chat and with any luck bring you the documentary in another month's time. I'm so sorry about the wait. I promise it will be worth it. In the meantime, I'm also in conversations with a number of other potential guests from fields as diverse as comedy and hardcore punk, as well as lining up appearances on other podcasts, so I've not been completely idle this month. I'll keep you updated on social media though with what's going on behind the scenes. Until then, take care of yourselves. See you in the pit.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 